Greetings, everyone. Once again, it's Mota Mwanidi sharing the authentic truth brought to us by Zulula 100, the only teacher. Here, the message I'm going to share is going to be the unleavened bread and the Passover is established by the false god of humanity. <clears throat> In my previous video, I've shared a teaching regarding that the Sabbath was established by the false god of humanity. And here is going to be regarding the notion, the celebration of the unleavened bread and also of the Passover. Because many supposed Christians, fake pastors, the self-proclaimed prophets will celebrate, will commemorate, will, will practice that custom, that celebration of unleavened bread and Passover without knowing if it truly comes from the word of the creator. <clears throat> so... Here we shall see if the Passover and the unleavened bread comes from the word of the Creator. Because in Proverbs 19.2 you are told, The lack of knowledge is not good for any spirit of man of the original race. So the lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, lack of science is not good for you out there. And in John chapter 8 verse 32 in the Korean Bibles, you are told, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So what is that truth? What is that authentic truth? Is the message I'm going to share here to demonstrate that the unleavened bread and the Passover is are an abominations, are abominations. <clears throat> so when we go in Exodus chapter 12, verse 15 to 19, you're told. In verse 15, you're told. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread, column. In the first day, there shall be no leaven in your houses, semicolon. Whoever, whosoever shall eat anything leaven, comma, from the first day until the seventh day, comma, that soul shall perish out of Israel. So here in verse 15, you're told that Whoever who eat the supposed leavened bread shall perish. And in the contemporary English version, you're told, for seven days you must eat bread made without yeast, period. And on the first of these seven days, comma, you must remove all yeast from your homes, period. You must remove. If you have to remove something, that means that something was in there, was in your homes, right? So, first we have to understand. So, the notion of leaven, the yeast wasn't forbidden. The Israelites were not forbidden from having yeast in their houses. So, for those who will claim that the leaven is something sinful, is an abomination, you're not supposed to have it, well, you're told here that you have to remove it. So you have, you have to remove it for a supposed celebration, for a certain period, for a custom, for a period. Because when we go in the Amplified Bible, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 15, you're told, <clears throat> In the celebration of the Passover in future years, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, comma, but on the first day, you shall remove the leaven from your houses, in bracket, because it represents the spread of sin. If it represents the spread of sin, 
why then are you allowed to have it in your house? You see, already there's a confusion. So the bread itself is authorized. The leaven itself is authorized. So for those who will claim that the leaven is a sin or is against the law that you're not supposed to have it, you're completely in the wrong. So, because before that period, you are allowed to have it in your house. Now, when we go in Exodus chapter 12, verse 16. On the first day of the feast, you shall have a holy and solemn assembly. Come up. And on the seventh day, there shall be another holy, solemn, holy and solemn assembly. No work of any kind shall be done on those days, comma, except for the preparation of food which every person must eat. Only that may be done by you. So, some will claim that cooking or eating is not work. So, if you pick up wood, because if you have to prepare food, perhaps you have to pick up some wood to start a fire to cook. You see? And some will claim, no, that's not considered work. But here it says, in the Christian Standard Bible, no work may be done in those days except for preparing what people need to eat. You may do only that, period. But regarding the supposed Sabbath, the supposed false god told the Israel, the Israelite to stone a person because he was simply picking up wood during the Sabbath. That was considered work. So, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 17, Amplified Bible, you shall also observe the feast of unleavened bread, comma, because on this very day I brought your host group according to tribal armies out of the land of Egypt, semicolon. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an ordinance forever, period. <clears throat> so here, the... Celebration of the unleavened bread was for a reason. And it says here in the Christian Standard Bible, you are, to, you are to observe the festival of unleavened bread because on this very day I brought your military division, divisions out of the land of Egypt. Period. You must observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent statute. So the unleavened bread was to commemorate the exit of Egypt. So we shall see if the Israelites were in fact slaved, were in fact slaves in Egypt. Were they sub enslaved in Egypt? Is that story true? We shall see in the Korean Bible. Because if the unleavened bread, that celebration, that festival is to celebrate that. If it never took place, then that celebration also has no place, no reason to be. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 18, Amplified Bible, In the first month, comma, on the 14th day of the month, 
at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread, comma, and continue until the 21st day of the month, at evening. So, what is the definition of bread? The definition of bread is the gift of God, God's gift. So, we have, that's the spiritual definition. So, we have to understand here is the gift from Luba. Luba is the only and unique creator. So, now we shall see regarding one of the first time bread was mentioned. And we shall see if the notion of unleavened bread come, comes from the word of the creator. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, you're told, by the sweat of your face, you will eat bread until you return to the ground. Comma. You will eat bread and not unleavened bread. So unleavened bread is not mentioned here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. When we go in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18, it says, Merzizedek, king of Salem, ancient Jerusalem, brought out bread and wine for them. He was priest. He was priest of God Most High, period. We have to understand here that Melchizedek, his true name is revealed in Biber Kaltabali, the book of the truth, the only authentic Bible without any errors or contradiction. Because the personage of Melchizedek is someone that caused confusion for the supposed pastors of the self-proclaimed prophets. Because some will claim that Melchizedek is God himself, because it was, they won't understand his, when, his origin. They won't understand his origin. They will say that, no, he has no beginning, no end. So that's why they will claim Melchizedek is God himself. Because they will say that the scriptures doesn't attribute him uh, a beginning, a father, or a mother, a genealogy. <clears throat> because they are not in the truth. They are in confusion. Melchizedek is a chief initiate. He was a high priest. And he had, but he had a miraculous birth. He had a mother. In other version, his genealogy is mentioned. So it's not because your fake pastors don't know, or some versions of the Bible don't know or don't mention it, that that means he doesn't have an origin. To know the truth, Bibel, because Bibel revealed the origin of everything. <clears throat> so, and you're told here that Melchizedek, who was a high priest, he brought out bread and wine. Bread, and not unleavened bread. And wine. Which type of wine? It wasn't the red wine. It was Mao, palm wine. Now, when we go in Genesis chapter 18, verse 4, you're told, Let a little water be brought that you may wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. Because here in Genesis chapter 18 was regarding Abraham's and the tree visitors. Uh, in verse 1, you're told, The Lord appears to Abraham at the cloak of Mare while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the heat of the day. He looked up and he saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran to the entrance of the tent to meet them. 
verse 3, and he said, My Lord, if I have found favor in you, please do not go on past your servant period. Let a little water be brought, so be brought, comma, that you may wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. Period. Verse 5, I will bring a bit of bread so that you may strengthen yourself. Period. This is why you have passed your servant's way. Later, you can continue on. Yes, they replied, do as you have said. So you have to understand here that the three visitors were three entities of the great order of things because Bibel revealed the truth. And you're told here that Abraham offered bread to the three visitors. Later on, you're told in verse 6, So Abraham hurried to the tent and said to Sarah, Quick, knead three measures of fine flour and make bread. Abraham ran to the herd and got a tender choice calf. He gave it to a young man who hurried to prepare it. Verse 8, Then Abraham took curds and milk as well as the calf that he had prepared, comma, and set them before the, the man, period. He served them as they ate under the tree. Under the tree. So here, the supposed Bible, the, um, the current class of the Bible, will claim that the three visitors ate also meat. But that's completely false. Bibles tells how it truly happens. Abraham didn't serve them meat. They didn't eat meat. But nevertheless, in this teaching, this is regarding the bread. So they took the bread. And it was not unleavened bread. Now, so they have accepted the bread. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 3, you're told. This is regarding the two angels who arrived at Sodom. Because they arrived in the evening and Lot was sitting in, in the gateway of the city. Then Lot saw them, he got up to meet them. And in verse 3, but Lot insisted so strongly that they followed him into his house, period. He prepared a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, comma, and they ate. So you have to understand, it's from this moment that this fake God, the false God that humanity have accepted, that humanity worship introduced the notion of unleavened bread. It is from these passages that the notion of unleavened bread is starting to be introduced, appears. <clears throat> and you're told in the Good News translation, he kept on urging them, and finally they went up, they went with him to his house, period. Lord ordered his servant to bake some bread and prepare a fine meal for the guests, period. You see, in this version, also in the contemporary English version, it simply says bread and not unleavened bread. All the versions who will say unleavened bread are completely false. I say it here. The versions, when, when it says unleavened bread, is wrong. Those are false translations. False text. <clears throat> so, in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 3, he says, do, 
not eat it with bread made with yeast, comma, but for seven days eat unleavened bread, comma, the bread of affliction, comma. I'll stop here. So the true definition of the unleavened bread is poor's bread, the bread of affliction, the bread of suffering, the bread of hardship. So is basically when the bread, when you cook it and it doesn't rise. It's flat, dry. And then he says, because you left Egypt in haste so that all the days of your life you may remember the time of your departure from Egypt. And that's why in the fake pastors, that's why they will claim that also in Genesis chapter 19, verse 3, they will claim, oh, because also uh, Lot had to leave Sodom in haste, in haste, and also the children of Israel supposedly left Egypt, so that's why they had to eat unleavened bread to commemorate that fact. So they will, the fake pastors will say, "Oh, Lot did that as prophetic gestures." You see, because they will try to make it match, right? So like I've mentioned, because in Genesis 19, Lot was rushed out of the city of Sodom. So they'll try to falsify, to make it seem, to make it match, as well with regard to the Israelite. And when we go in the Thermaiah, chapter 16, verse 3, Amplified Bible, you shall not eat leavened bread with it. Instead, for seven days, you shall eat the Passover with unleavened bread, the bread of affliction. For you left the land of Egypt in haste. Do this so that all the days of your life you may remember truthfully the day when you came out of the land of Egypt. <clears throat> so, that's also when the notion, the supposed notion of the Passover was introduced. So, all, you have to understand here that all the Christians, the fake pastors, humanity, those who go on church on Sunday and so on, they are worshiping Satan. You are worshiping Satan. Your energy, when you pray, when you chant, you're giving your energy to demons, to the spirits of the air that are also mentioned in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Because the Passover, the unleavened bread, is a false doctrine. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, you're told. So, because, before I read Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, because they will claim the Passover and also the unleavened bread was to commemorate, to celebrate what happened to the children of, Israelite, the, of the Israelites, the children of Israel in Egypt. Because they were supposedly slaved, they were supposedly enslaved over there. So we shall see if that slavery really took place. We go in Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. It says in the Legacy Standard Bible, 
And a new king arose over Egypt, over Egypt, comma, who did not know Joseph. Period. So here it says a new king. In other, ver in other version, it'll say a new pharaoh. Arose over Egypt, comma, over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. First, give the name of that pharaoh, give the name of that king. Who was he? You see? Nowhere in the current Bibles the name of the, that king appear because it's completely false. It's made up. And they will claim here that that king did not know Joseph. When the new king arrived, the historians know, when a new king arrived, even when a president takes office, he knows who was his predecessor. And he know what his predecessor did. And also perhaps he, the prime minister, because Joseph in Egypt was like a prime minister. He was a high figure. He had a great impact in his time in Egypt. So how come a new supposed king come into power and don't, doesn't know what Joseph did? Doesn't know Joseph. They could have said he did, the new king didn't physically know Joseph. But they say did not know him. That makes no sense. Because when a new king is, is established, he must know, when the new pharaoh is established, he must know what the, the past pharaoh did and also what jo that Joseph existed. Because like I've mentioned, Joseph was like a prime minister. So he must, he must know the past. He must know the past. When a new pharaoh comes into power, he studies. He doesn't just come up like that without knowing anything, without knowing the past, without knowing the previous pharaohs, without knowing what they did. It's like a, a new president that takes office. He knows what the predecessor did in office, which, um, which perhaps policy they put in place and so on. They, he will read the documents, right? There are historians that write what the president supposedly does does what they did and so on so you're telling me that pharaoh came into power without even studying studying without knowing the past of his country of his land already it makes no sense and they don't even give the name of that pharaoh of that new king because it's completely false <clears throat> for your information all the pharaohs were black all the fake egyptologists are liars. They work for Satan. There were no Nephilim pharaoh. No, nef no pharaoh of other races. So, the question is, how old was that pharaoh, was that new king, when he took, when he came into power? How old was he? Was he 12 years old? Was he 13? Was he 30 years old? Was it 15? Whatever age, he did not have two. He wasn't two hundred years old, because at that period of time, people, men, regular, couldn't live, couldn't live for over one hundred and twenty years. They couldn't live that long. 
So, in verse 8, no, in Exodus chapter 1, verse 9 to 22, you're told. And he said to his people, comma, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel of Israel are more and mightier than we. Period. So he says, the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. So he, if he says the sons of Israel, so he know Israel. He know he knows who they are. But he doesn't know who Joseph is. Makes no sense. Verse 10, come, comma, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and he be in the and he be in the heaven, in the event, in the heaven event of war, comma, that they also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and go up from the land. Verse 11. So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor, period. And they built for Pharaoh storage cities, comma, Pitom and Ramses. Verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and the more they spread out so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel, period. Verse 13. So the Egyptians... Brutally compelled the sons of Israel to slave labor. Verse 14. And they made their lives bitter with hard slave labor in mortar and brick and in all kind of slave labor in the field. All their slave labor which they brutally compelled them to do. So, period. So here you're told, that they, that's when they put supposedly the Israelite into slavery. So it was that supposed Pharaoh that established the slavery. That put the decree regarding the, the enslavement of the Israelite. To put them into hard labor. Verse 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives. Comma, one of whom was named Shifra. And the other was named Pua. And he said, when you are helping the Hebrew woman to give birth and see them upon the birth stool, comma, if it is a son, comma, then you shall put him to death. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. Verse 17. But the midwives, midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had spoken to them. But let the boys live. Verse 18, so the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and let the boys live? Question mark. Then the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian woman, semicolon, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwives. Before the midwife can come to them, period. Verse 20, so God was good to the midwives and the people multiplied and became very mighty. Verse 21, now he happened, it happened 
that because the midwives fear God, comma, he made household for them. Verse 22. And Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. So that Pharaoh, who supposedly didn't know Joseph, Joseph, the, his true name is Kolaita, he's the one who established slavery, supposedly of the Hebrews, of the Hebrew, in his kingdom. And he's also the one who asked that the newborn be killed, the men, the children, the children, be killed. But we know that Aaron, who was, was, he was born before Moses. Aaron is three years older than Moses. So, when was established the, the decree to the command that every son who is born you are to cast into the night. When was it established? Because Aaron was three years old. And the decree wasn't to kill the children, but the newborn. But the newborn. So, So the decree wasn't to kill the children that were previously born, but the newborn. So if let's say Aaron, he's, because Aaron and Moses, they are three years apart. So, and it is the same Pharaoh, Pharaoh who put the decree regarding the slavery and regarding the murder of those newborn. And you're told in Acts chapter 17, verse 19, uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 19, Legacy Standard Bible. He was he who deceitfully took advantage of our family and mistreated our, our fathers to set their infant outside so that they would not survive. Verse 20. It was at this time that Moses was born. It was at this time that Moses was born. At what time? When the decree to supposedly kill the, the newborn was put into place, it was in that period that Moses was born. And he says in verse 20, Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 7, verse 20. It was at this time that Moses was born, comma, and he was lovely in the sight of God, comma, and he was nurtured three months in his father's home, period. Verse 21. And after he had been set outside, comma, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as her own son. 
period. So you are told here that Pharaoh also had a daughter, and she was old enough to take, to adopt a child, to nurture him. So that Pharaoh was an adult because he was a daughter was also old enough, old enough to adopt. So since when, if let's say the supposed daughter of Pharaoh, she's 12 or she's so young, if she's going to adopt a child and nurture him like her own son. It makes no sense. It's not like in the supposed, in the fake film, the Ten Commandments, the fake movie where they will claim um, that when they will claim that it wasn't the daughter of Pharaoh, but it was the sister of Pharaoh. <clears throat> so how old was she when she adopted Moses? And how old was that Pharaoh? Because it's the same Pharaoh that put, that and stored the slavery. And we know that at that time, people couldn't live that long. So the slavery he installed when Moses was born, it could not have been, it could not have been like a hundred years. It could not have been that long. And in Acts chapter 7, verse 23, Legacy Standard Bible. But when he was approaching the age of 40, comma, he it entered his heart to visit his brothers, come out the sons of Israel. King James Version. And when he was full 40 years old, comma, so that's regarding Moses. So when Moses was 40 years old, he came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. So here we'll set aside the notions of colors. You're told that when Moses was 40, He fled Egypt for Midian. And in Acts chapter 7, verse 30, And when 40 years were expired, comma, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. So when 40 years were, were expired, so Moses did 40 years away. So, Because before you're told that that king wanted to kill Moses. That's why he fled. That's why he fled. And 40 years later, after his departure, you're told in Exodus chapter 4, verse 19, And the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. Period. So when Moses was 80 years old, that's when that Pharaoh died so how old was that pharaoh when he died because we are told that it was when moses was 80 years old that he went back into egypt to deliver his brothers the supposed israelites 
You see? So for eight years of Moses' life, that supposed Pharaoh was alive. So how old was he, that Pharaoh, that king of Egypt, when he established slavery? For him to have a daughter, his daughter raised up Moses. Moses becomes 40 years old, leaves Egypt at 40 years old, goes to Midian, comes back when he's 80 years old, when that Pharaoh died, to deliver the children of Israel, of Israel, to deliver the children of Israel. That doesn't, that doesn't add up to 400 years. Because they will claim that the Israelite, the supposed Jew, spent 400 years as they were enslaved for 400 years. Other version will, in other passages, they will say, 430 years in Egypt. But let, let's claim, let's even say, suppose that that Pharaoh lived for 120 years old. It was at the end of his life when he died that Moses came to deliver the children of Israel. Even if we say he lived 120 years old. And Moses lived 120 years old. Because in Deuteronomiah chapter 34, verse 7, you're told, now Moses was 120 years when he died. Column, semicolon, his eyes was not dim, nor his vigor abated. Even if we add those two numbers, 120 plus 120, how much is that? That's 240 years. If we count the life of the Pharaoh and supposedly the life of Moses, that's 240 years old. Where does it come to 400 years? And you are told that during 80 years of the life of Moses, that Pharaoh was alive. So when Moses came alive, when Moses was born, that Pharaoh could not have been 100 years. Because he lived for 80 years of Moses' life. Because that's when Moses was 80 years old that he died. And we know at that time, that time period, people couldn't live more than 120 years. So that means that Pharaoh, when Moses was born, could not have been more than 40 years old. You see? So if we add the 40 years old of this Pharaoh, when, because how old was he when he came into power to establish the slavery in Egypt? You're going to say he came into power, he was one years old, he established slavery. Okay, 40 years later, Moses is born because, and Moses came back to deliver the people when he was 80 years old. You see? When that the people who wanted him dead died. So that's also include that Pharaoh. You see? So, it could not have been more than 40 years plus 120 years. That's the whole life of Moses. But Moses came when he was 80 years old to deliver the people of Israel. So if we add the 80 years of Moses' life plus the 40 years that the Pharaoh had, supposedly, that's 120 years old. Even if we claim that 
that Pharaoh was alive longer than that, he could not have been 100 years old. So he could not have been more than 120 years old. You see? Because if we had 100 years of the Pharaoh's life, or 120, plus the life of Moses, 80 years, so that's 180 or 200. You see? He could not have been more than that. He could not have been 200 years old. He could not have been 240 years old. Do whatever math you want. Say that Daphne lived for 120 years. What is a fact, what is known, is that Daphne could not have been, could not lived, have been living for 400 years old. He could not have lived for 200 years old. You see? So whatever math you're going to add from that Pharaoh's life who established slavery till the day he died, till, until Moses came back to deliver the people of Israel, that could not, whatever calculation you're going to do, it cannot come up to 400 years old. It cannot. Cannot come, it doesn't even reach 300. It doesn't even reach 220. Whatever calculation you make, those so the supposed slavery of the children of Israelites, of the Israelites in Egypt, is completely wrong. It's completely fake. So, those who will accept the notions, the supposed Christians who accept the notions that the Israelites spend 400 years in Egypt as slaves, you are in confusion. You are in the wrong. You have accepted a lie. The false doctrine. So that's the proof that you are not known. You are not in the truth. The one you who you will call God, doesn't know you. Because you have accepted the false doctrine. So, when Moses was born, the slavery of the Israelites could not have been in place for a hundred years old. And it is Moses that delivered the people of Israelites from the supposed slavery. So, and he was 80 years old when he came back. And the Moses, according to the current Bible, died at 120 years old. He could not, that, whatever, it doesn't add up to 400 years. Because the Pharaoh who established slavery had a daughter, and his daughter, she's the one who raised Moses. You see? Because he's the one who established supposedly that all the children, the newborn, had to be killed. So if they had to be killed, Moses, it was at that period that Moses, um, that Moses was born. So, once again, why, then why are you told that slavery was 400 years? 
it was all made up. They invent, they make up stories, and they put it in the current classical Bibles, and they will claim, oh, it's the word of God. And the supposed Christians will follow, will read, they will say, oh, it's the gospel, it's the truth, it's the word of God. Which God is that? Wake up. Don't you realize you are completely in the wrong, in the error? They, they will invent fake narratives, false narratives, to trick black people. They will scheme. They will say, God say. And because black people, some of them, they will claim, they will say, oh, because they love God so much, they will accept everything that they are told God said. Simply because the foreigners will say, God said, automatically they will accept. They won't reason. They won't research. Even if they, they, they read, they realize it doesn't add up, it doesn't make sense, they will tell them, no, don't think, don't think, don't think. They will claim the ways of the Lord are impenetrable. They will say the Lord's mysterious ways. That's what they will say, the Lord's mysterious ways. Basically, don't, don't think, don't research. Even if you find contradictions, errors, mistakes, set it aside, still believe is the Lord's mysterious ways. And they will say, oh, if you don't believe, you're going to burn in hell. That's how they're going to trick, trick people into accepting their, their lies. That's how they'll trick people in staying in darkness. But even in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, you're told, For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secret. So even according to the current Bibles, the spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. And in John chapter 14, verse 26, verse 26 but the helper comma the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all things that i have said to you period will teach you all things so why are they saying the lord's mysterious ways no don't think don't don't reason don't try to understand just Simply accept. So, for those who supposedly celebrate the supposed Passover to remember the slavery of the children of Israel, of Israel in Egypt, that slavery never took place. So, the Passover, the unleavened bread, the Sabbath, Christmas, all those are fake supposed holidays, are fake celebrations, fake feasts, fake festivals. It was all made up. If you claim to be in the truth that the supposed Christ has saved you, 
that you've accepted the supposed true Christ. Look at the state of Africa. They have many, many churches, but you'll see black people filling the churches, but the states, the state of their land, their state is, you see, he saved you from what? He delivered you from what? You'll see black women in churches with fake hair, fake eyelashes, fake nails, and so all fake. And then they will claim they know God. They will claim to be in the truth. They will claim to be saved. You pray for nothing. The true God doesn't know you. You simply live in sensationalism. So, now some people may say, why are you using the current Bibles? You're claiming the Bibles are full of mistakes, lies, contradictions. Why are you using them to teach? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, you're told, but examine everything, hold firmly to that which is good. So that's why we share the teachings here even in the Korean Bibles, to show to you the lies, the confusions, the contradictions, the false doctrine, to teach you, to show you the truth. So, there's only one creator, Loba. And the, he is the one who sent Zulula 100, the only teacher, in our time. In our time, no one knows the Creator except the one who He sent, Zulula 100. No one in this world will go to the Father without going through the words of His messenger, Zulula 100. The words He pronounces, Zulula 100 our spirit and life. So you who listen to the message, who accept the message, who understand that you were deceived by the foreigners, by the fake pastors, the fake teachers, those who were not mandated by the fake Bibles, fake preachers, who realize you're tricked, who accept don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. In John chapter 3, verse 11, you're told, Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. So in different civilizations, in different civilization, different era, many people, they had different doctrines, different beliefs, lie, different um, religions. They spoke about things they ignored. They didn't know. No one can stop this message from Zulula 100. No force, no entities. So, even if it is written that I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered, who, which sheep 
which frog? Who? Are they the one that are known by the word or not? Don't be afraid of the fake pastors. If they say, don't be afraid of what they will say. If they, if they, they insult you, they say, no, you're following a guru, you're following a cult, that Zula 100 is in a sect, it's a cult, don't be afraid. If they say, no, he is the Antichrist, he's seducing people, don't be afraid. They said the same thing about the true Christ. They said the same thing about Kundumani Mula, the true Christ. They said, they called him demonic. Because they said that he was by Bel, that, that he was by, by Balzebul, that he was chasing demons. So they were claiming that he was possessed. That didn't stop him. That didn't stop the true Christ. That didn't stop his message. So, don't worry about what they will say about you. When they will say that you are in a sect or cult, that you were seduced, that you were tricked, that you were deceived, that you were bewitched, don't worry about their words. Don't worry about that. It is them who are bewitched because they have accepted a false Christ. A false, a false Christ with blue eyes. They worship an abomination. The false god, Jehovah, Yahweh, Elohim, all the fake names they will give him. Don't be afraid of that false god. Of all the religions. The true creator is not mistaken, cannot be mistaken. His word cannot contradict himself. So don't be afraid. When you see the mistakes, the errors, don't be afraid. Get out of all religions. All the religions are wrong. There's one creator, Lopa. So when we talk about the unleavened bread, so... That's bread made without yeast or other leaven agent. It is a custom of demons, pagans, made to introduce the false doctrine. The Passover is an abomination. The children of Israelite, the children of Israel didn't suffer slavery in Egypt. They were not enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. They were not enslaved in Egypt. That never took place. You count the dates. When you read the supposed narrative, that supposed story, it doesn't come, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense.
count the date because some will, they will read they will count they will read and they will count they won't even realize and when we're going to tell them no they're going to they're going to act as if they are not understanding or they're going to say oh what are you saying no you're in the wrong you're teaching lies shame on you Genesis chapter 15, verse 13, you're told. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Know this for certain, your offspring will be resident aliens for 400 years in a land that doesn't belong to them and will be enslaved and oppressed. And that never took place in Egypt. That's completely wrong. That's completely false. In John chapter 8, verse 33, they answered him, We are Abraham's offspring and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you shall become free? So here, the supposed Israelites say from their mouth that they were never enslaved by anyone. So they attest that the slavery in Egypt never took place. So they will make up a narrative to trick people, to spread the false doctrine. So now when we go in Matthew chapter 16, verse 5 to 11, you're told, Matthew chapter 16, verse 5. And the disciples came to the other side of the sea, comma, but they had forgotten to bring any bread, period. Verse 6. And Christ said to them, Watch out and be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So here, the apostles didn't understand that the leaven was the teaching of the Pharisees because Christ spoke in another form, in a metaphor, to, sh to show them a truth, to show them as well that the unleavened bread is a false doctrine. That's why he starts, he starts and says, Watch out and be aware Watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Verse 7. They began to discuss this among themselves, saying, He said that because we did not bring any bread. Verse 8. But Christ, aware of this, said, Young men of little faith, why do you discuss among yourselves that you have no bread? Do you not understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand of the five thousand and how many baskets full you picked up? Verse 10 are the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many large baskets full you picked up? 
How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Verse 12. Then they understood that he did not say to beware of the leaven of the bread. Of the leaven of bread. Comma. But of the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You see? Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 16 verse 12. Waymount New Testament. Then they perceived that he had not warned them against bread yeast. Bread yeast. Comma. You see? But they perceived that he had not warned them against bread yeast. Comma. So the Christ never warned them, never told them, to be away to beware of the yeast the bread yeast of the leaven so the Christ never told them to abstain from the leaven of the breast of the bread Christ couldn't say that because he himself was a bread bread of life and full of leaven King James Bible they then understood they how he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees you see the teaching of Christ is the bread and is also the leaven So, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, you have to understand that they understood that Christ came to demolish their false theories regarding the unleavened bread. So that's why they tried to fix that. That's why they come in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, and then they will say, they will write, Cleanse out the old leaven, comma, that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened for also Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed and that is completely false the fact they are putting the Passover is an abomination because the slavery of the children of Israelite of Israel in Egypt never took place so the unleavened bread that notion that supposed feast celebration commemoration is completely false it's a mistranslation a lie in luke chapter 22 verse 19 amplified bible you're told and when he had taken bread and given thanks comma he broke it and gave it to them comma saying this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Period. Do this in remembrance of me. Do what? He had taken the bread 
and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. The bread and not the unleavened bread. So if the apostles come later to say to eat the unleavened bread, they disobey what Christ says, what Christ has done. In Luke chapter 22, verse 19. In John chapter 6, verse 33. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. To the world. John chapter 6, verse 48. I am the bread of life and not the unleavened bread. John chapter 6, verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Period. If anyone eats of this bread, comma, he will live forever. Period. And this bread, comma, which I which I will give for the life of the world, comma, is my flesh. So you have to understand here that the leaven is the teaching. So why are you told to abstain from the leaven? In Judge chapter six, verse eighteen to twenty-one, you're told. Please do not depart from this place until I return to you, period. This is regarding Gideon. Let me bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will stay until you return. Verse 19. So Gideon went, went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread and an ephah of flour. He placed the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot and brought them out to present to him under the oak. Verse 20, and the angel of God said to him, Come up. So first you are told the Lord, and now you are told the angel of God. Take the meat and the unleavened bread, comma, lay them on this flock, and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Verse 21, then the angel of the Lord extended the tip of his staff that was in his hand, and touched the meat and the unleavened bread, period. And fire flared from the rock. And consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. So the unleavened bread is completely false. Because you're told here that the angel of the Lord destroyed that. that because he did not approve of it. So... In Judge chapter 6, verse 20, Canterbury English Version, God, angel said, Gideon put the meat and the bread on this rock and poured the broth over them. Gideon did as he was told. So, you have to understand here that the notion of unleavened bread is an abomination. That celebration is an abomination. John chapter 3, verse 14. He says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Comma. So the Son of Man must be lifted up. Why? What, what is the definition of leaven? <clears throat> definition. A substance such as yeast used to produce fermentation in dough or a liquid to raise something such as bread with leaven. 
to add a substance to bread or another food made with flour to make it increase in size when it is cooked. So to make it rise, to lift it. You see, that's the definition of the leaven. And you're told here in John chapter 3, verse 14, that just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Why? Because the Son of Man, the Christ, he was a bread, represent bread, that was being prepared on the other side. And the word of the Creator represent the leaven. So the Christ represents the flower. Then you put the yeast is put, the leaven is put inside that flower, inside that breast, inside that bread. And he rises. You see? Because he is the bread that came down. He came down. And you're told that he was risen. He was lifted up. You understand? So the Christ is also the leavened bread. Do you understand the revelation? Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. He hold them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about six pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. So why are you told to abstain from the leaven, from the yeast? So to also abstain from the kingdom of heaven as well then. You see? That's how this is how you're told the false doctrine. And because many people have no knowledge, they will accept. You see? The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. So the kingdom of heaven is like the leaven. So if you try to abstain from the leaven, then also abstain from the kingdom of heaven. Then, Like I've mentioned, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of those who will say, the Bible says, oh, my pastors have said, don't be afraid. We are sharing the authentic truth. Zulula 100 is the true messenger, the only teacher, the only one who was mandated. So to all those, even who are in the group, who doubt, to the spies, if you're not happy, you can leave. You can get out. The one who doubt, who say, who, 
who say that Isula truly Isula 100 truly who he says is who he pretends to be is he really who he pretends to be if you have doubt you can get get out no one is forcing you if you're not happy you can leave there's only the gurus who will force people to follow who will force people to stay the one who doubt the message the messenger zulula 100 you can leave you are free to leave you are free not to follow in john chapter 6 verse 66 you're told from that time on many of his disciples turned back and no, and no longer walk with him in Romans chapter 14 verse 23 but whoever doubt stand condemned in Romans chapter 14 verse 23 says and everything that is not from a conviction is sin so if you doubt and you stay still in the group you are committing a sin Zulula 100 doesn't take his glory from men. He doesn't need that. Whatever the people will say about him, he doesn't need your approbation. Zulula 100 is from the Father. He started a ministry. There were no one. There was no one, no people, men. He was alone. And when I say alone, it doesn't mean it's regarding men, the people. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 33, he spoke another parable to them, the kingdom of heaven. This is in the legacy standard Bible. The kingdom of heaven is, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. So the leaven represent the word. So in the beginning was the leaven. And the leaven enters a body. And the Christ is the flower, is the dough, is the bread. It's an image, a symbol. So he becomes the bread with the yeast, with the leaven and not the unleavened bread. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 7. Go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with cheerful heart, for God has already approved your work. Now some people will try to research, bring up verses that they don't even understand, Verses in the current Bibles, in the supposed New Testament, that, that will say it was the period of the Passover and so on. All that is completely false. The Christ himself knows that the slavery of the Israelites in Egypt didn't take place. Now, we go in... We will go in Bible, the book of the truth, to show you 
the verse regarding the Passover and also the unleavened bread. In we go in Misongi, so Numbers chapter 9, verse 1, and I will translate it here in English. He says, You shall not celebrate the Passover feast in honor of Tete because it is it is a custom of the uninitiated comma white and mixed blood period so you're told here in the original in bibel in the authentic bible that the passover feast is a custom of the uninitiated the whites and the mixed blood so mm -hmm. it's a custom of people who are not in the truth and in misongi Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, you're told, You shall not celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Weeks, in honor of Tete, because, because it is a custom of the uninitiated whites and mixed blood, period. So also the Feast of the Pentecost. And when he says in honor of Tete, Tete is Loba, the only and unique creator. And in Misongi, Numbers, chapter 12, verse 1, you're told, You shall not celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread in honor of Tete, because it is a custom of the uninitiated whites and mixed blood. Period. You see? So all those customs are fake, wrong, is the false doctrine. It was established by the false god of humanity that many people follow worship. The current Bibles are full of lies, contradiction, errors. So those customs are also lies. It's the lie. It's the false doctrine. Stop believing in the lie. When we show you the confusion, the contradiction in those, in those texts, in those Bibles, we show you, we've shown you regarding the supposed slavery of the Israelite in Egypt could not have been 400 years old. 400 years. So it, didn't, it never took place never took place so you cannot celebrate a, a supposed custom that to commemorate their exit from Egypt when they were never enslaved in there so stop with your false doctrine with your false custom with your fake feast and celebrations those are celebrations of the pagans you're when you're celebrating those things you're celebrating demons you're celebrating Satan because it's a lie. It is the false doctrine. There's only one authentic Bible, Bibel Kratambali, the book of the truth. One messenger, true messenger, Zulula 100, the only teacher. And there's one creator, Loba, the only and the unique creator. All glory be to Loba, the unique creator.